0: Hi, I'm Sabrina Steerwalt, and I'm Everyday Einstein, bringing you quick and dirty tips to help you make sense of science. We, as humans, have a large and usually disruptive effect on our environment. The levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, for example, are rising due to human activity, resulting in an increase in average global temperatures. We also produce more than 275 million metric tons of plastic in a year, between 10 and 28 billion pounds of which ends up in the ocean, disrupting the ecosystems there, just to give a few examples. But the news isn't always bad. Sometimes scientists discover ways to counterbalance our influence, even just by a little, either through a better understanding of creatures already found in nature or through genetic engineering. I'm talking about the recent accidental discovery of caterpillars that actually eat plastic waste and the ongoing work to genetically engineer bacteria to absorb carbon dioxide, or CO2. Caterpillars are known as agricultural pests, producers of silk, and of course, future butterflies and moths. One species of caterpillar, known as Galleria melanella, the larva stage for the greater wax moth, is a known parasite in beehives that feeds on beeswax. When biochemist and amateur beekeeper Federica Bertaccini removed the caterpillars from her honeycomb and tossed them into a plastic bag, she soon discovered that they had chewed right through the plastic in several spots within only a few hours. Such wax worms have been reported as plastic eaters before, but whether they actually metabolize the plastic into something else or simply chewed it down before excreting it in a similar yet micro-sized particle form was not known. For example, the moths that are known to eat your wool sweaters aren't too picky. They will help themselves to clothes made of other materials as well, as long as it's mixed in with the wool but any artificial fibers tend to get excreted as smaller particles while only the wool is actually processed by the moth's digestion. Together with her collaborators, Paola Bombelli and Chris Howe at the Department of Biochemistry at the University of Cambridge, Bertaccini decided to test the degradation of plastic by the waxworms in a more controlled environment. They found that the caterpillars made their way through a supermarket plastic bag in less than an hour, and were able to consume 92 milligrams of plastic in 12 hours. The same amount of plastic could require as long as hundreds of years to decompose, but the caterpillars gobbled it up in less than a day. Even more importantly for potential solutions to our plastic overproduction problem, the scientists determined that the larvae were actually biodegrading the polyethylene and converting it into ethylene glycol. The authors note in their study that, together with polypropylene, polyethylene represents 92% of the world's total plastic production and makes up about 40% of plastic packaging. Rather than mass production of waxworms, think of the bees. The next step toward utilizing their ability to potentially reduce plastic waste is to determine what exactly causes the polyethylene to degrade. The authors of the study suspect either an enzyme produced by the worm or by bacteria in the worm's gut is the cause. One piece of evidence for an enzyme, they found that a mashed up pile of worms still ate through the plastic. While some scientists are looking to caterpillars to solve our plastic problem, others are investigating the possibility that bacteria might be able to help counterbalance the excess CO2 that we produce. For example, Researchers at the Department of Energy's National Renewable Energy Lab have found the bacterium Clostridium thermocellum, already known for its ability to break down cellulose into usable biofuels, can, surprisingly, metabolize carbon dioxide as well. The authors note that there is still a long way to go in understanding the mechanism at work to take up the CO2 before we can hope to set our sights on reducing atmospheric levels of the greenhouse gas. Scientists, of course, can't always wait for serendipitous discoveries to cross their lab bench, or their apiary, as the case may be. Professor Daniel Nocera of Harvard, for example, announced last year that he had successfully engineered a bacteria to absorb carbon dioxide and hydrogen and convert them into fuel in the form of alcohol. Nocera is careful to point out that the bacteria, known as Ralston eutropha, are not likely to be able to solve the problem of excess CO2 in the atmosphere. However, the production of alcohol fuels like isopropanol and isobutanol could help by alleviating pressure on fossil fuels. While nature and science may provide alternative solutions to our environmental problems, these caterpillars and bacteria can only do so much. We are not off the hook and should continue to reduce our carbon footprint whenever we can. Until next time, this is Sabrina Steerwalt with Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for helping you make sense of science. You can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook or follow me on Twitter where I'm at QDT Einstein. If you have a question that you'd like to see on a future episode, send me an email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. And before I sign off, I'm excited to share a trailer for a new sci-fi podcast, which I think you'll love forbidden love a crashed ufo an alien body and an impossible heist keep listening for a preview of steal the stars the new audio drama produced by our friends at Macmillan and tor labs the show was scripted by mac rogers the writer behind the multi-million download shows the message slash life after stay tuned and then search any podcast platform for steal the stars don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss episode one which goes live on August 2nd. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's neat. How far does it go? The equivalent of a city block. Welcome to Hangar Eleven. Relationships between quill marine security personnel of the same and or opposite genders are prohibited. Just a dog. Fuck you. <laughs> if they compromise or appear to compromise supervisory authority or the chain of command. Can you see okay? Assuming I'm not hallucinating right now. Do you see a seven-foot gray alien? Yup. Then you're not hallucinating. If they are or are perceived to be exploitative or coercive in nature, or if they create an adverse impact on discipline, authority, morale, or mission implementation. A lot of people work here. We work here. Does everyone understand? Such relationships are frequently sexual in nature, but this is not always the case and is not necessary for this prohibition to apply. It's awfully late in your career to suddenly groom you as a double agent. Violations of this prohibition carry an automatic penalty of six years incarceration at a Sierra-owned penal facility. Is there any way you could bring us the actual alien? Followed by reassignment to a different Sierra program to be determined at that time. Is this just how we're supposed to live? Alone? Until we die? Tor Labs presents... Steal the Stars by Mac Rogers. Produced by Gideon Media. Pretend I'm kissing you so hard it hurts. Pretend I'm kissing you so hard it hurts.